It's like Kevin has a sixth sense for just coming in here and messing with us when we're trying to work. I was gonna say, like, it ain't three o'clock. It's two o'clock. No long, no longer is it the show notes thing. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, give me a, now. It's just random stuff like coming in and and dancing. Yeah, I mean, Kevin just came in and get, hit us with a raise of the roof. Like we're not professionals in here trying to work. And it's like we got a lot so, to get to today. Like, let's be honest. This isn't this isn't a frat house. Love Kevin, but like he's not a dancer, man. He doesn't just walk it's around dancing all the time. <laughs> so it's like he that was that was premeditated. Had to be. Do we have a leather? What is ca- this? Do we have a leather couch? Every now and then, does the office get a little bit messy? Sure, but this isn't a frat house. This is a place of business, and so I'd appreciate it if Kevin Thomas would show a little bit of respect for us in here trying to do our job. Do people uh, walk around? That, with- you know, you should do that when his show starts, man. Oh no, he'll get he'll get that. no. Kevin will get legitimately <laughs> mad at me, and like will walk off the show or like throw things at me. So like, but you know, if I if I did that at start of his show, shut it down. <laughs> oh, I got I got to cram it up your cram hole. There might floor. be people walking around with no shoes on, but this is not a frat house. Does that make you White Goodman? This is uh this post Globo Jim White Goodman back there. Oh god. All right, anyway, moving on. We got a lot to get to today. We got some transfer portal stuff to update. Uh we have Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. Uh not official yet for the uh, 32 spots, but using ESPN's FPI to rank the teams that remain in the playoffs, like their percentage of chance to win a Super Bowl. That's kind of how they tiered that out. So we'll dive into that here in the first segment. Uh, but also a little bit later, I want to do a power ranking. Big fan of power rankings. And okay. Cam, I don't know if you know how I view power rankings. It's typically, if it's the same sport, it's would this team beat this team? Okay, this team's above this team. right? Who's the better team? So we're going to use that to rank the teams in the state of Georgia and kind of do it as a state of the union, seeing where everybody stands next to each other after, for the first time in a long time, you had not one but two teams win championships here in the hmm. state of Georgia. So we're going to go through, I think it'd be surprised a lot of folks uh, who makes the top five there. So we'll do that. But again, I do want to start uh, with Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Quick question. Hit me. Um, all the teams in Georgia, not just football. So I, I, when we get to it, I'll kind of give you the criteria, but it is, for the most part, it is all of the professional sports teams. Okay. It is, a, I think, three college football teams. So I went I went FBS only. Okay. And then it is Division One basketball. Okay. So, I mean, hmm. shout out 14-0 Savannah State women's basketball. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we have right. to. There's like thousands of teams in the state of yeah. Georgia. We got to limit it somehow. That's where we're going to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Valdosta is ranked. There's, there's like, yeah, yeah, there's going to be some YMCA squad that's like, yo, we haven't lost in like 17 years. <laughs> what are you talking now. about? But no, we uh, we got to limit the criteria a little bit. But I guess you can kind of do it like, uh, but we'll do it by Twitter followers. I don't know. Uh, either way, <laughs> we got to limit. It. But uh, getting back to it, Mel Kuyper's initial mock draft, right? And Kevin kind of made a funny joke about it. Basically, if this is what Mel Kuyper says, this is not what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> he's he's usually fairly correct about where around a guy will be taken, right. like within ten spots typically, but not typically the best guy to go to when it comes to the exact team. But Mel Kuyper, uh, obviously one of the Mount Rushmores when it comes to doing mock drafts and predicting where these guys are going to go. So. Uh, going to go through, not going to give you the full list because it is an ESPN Plus uh, article, but we're going to go through the top 10 here. 
because those have been released. I talked about it on Sports Center today, so I don't have to worry about getting yelled at. Uh, any guess as to who goes number one according to Mel Kiper? I would still say Aiden Hutchinson. PJ? I would guess that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm guessing that's probably what it is. It is Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, the defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever he's going to play uh, in the NFL. It's not going to be a hand-in-the-ground defensive end. I imagine it's more like a – kind of what they had Micah Parsons playing a little bit this year and and more so of what a T.J. Watt uh, kind of a position. But they have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking number one overall for the second year in a row, taking Aiden Hutchinson number one overall. I would uh, say what you want. Yeah, nah. that that's uh, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I think yeah. he's top five, but not number. No, one. Cam. I think he's like maybe top twenty tops, Ooh. but it, the number one overall pick in the National Football League draft is Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Nah, I don't Aiden know. Hutchinson. No, I know who I would. T- I would take um, Evan Deal over him if I was Jack- Jacksonville. Nice, secure spot for Trevor. I, I would agree with that. It's just it kind of makes sense in my mind. Is you just invested, we'll call it a hundred million dollars, yeah, oh. in your quarterback, and it's more than that when it comes to the value of your franchise and like ticket sales and all that. So you invested that much money into your quarterback. Okay, get an insurance policy. Yeah, right. Protect him with the best available guy to protect him, and that is Evan Neal, in my opinion. But I, I want to go through these, uh, but. I, there was an interesting talking point because Kevin and I were talking about this. He goes, I hate drafting best available. You have to draft from a position of need eventually. I, I I get what you're saying, right? You can't just draft corners and put a football team out there, right? right. Like Eventually, you're going to need offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running backs, and stuff like that. Every now and then. But when it's relatively even and you don't have a guy graded. So say if they're doing the draft grades and they have Evan Neal ranked as a 92 Mm-hmm. And they have Aiden Hutchinson ranked as an 85. You got to take Evan Neal in that situation, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But say that they're graded out evenly, and then you're like, okay, well then you draft position need. That's fine. But to me, you got to take the best player, right? Right. And this is just going to come down to what do the Jags, what do the Jaguars value more? Do they feel like they can get away with the offensive line play that they had, and they need another guy to pair on the other side of Josh Allen? I guess. I just I hate the drafting. I, I, I like drafting best available player. I think Evan Neal is a top five player. And so then when you get down to that and everything's about even, I think you got to protect your quarterback. And, and if you're in a draft like this one too, that's that's when you can do that. Like, think about this. He's saying, and, and everyone's really saying that that's putting Aiden Hutchinson number one. Like, he's the kind of caliber of football player that like Jadavion Clowney, and Miles Garrett was. Don't like even, you, don't even take like it that far. To, like don't even take it that far. Him. Is like, Aiden Hutchinson as good of a football player as Evan Neal? I don't know if he's better than K. No, 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 no. Is Aiden Hutchinson as good of a football player as Evan Neal? Is he as good of a football player as Kyle Hamilton? No, 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 no. I think Evan Neal overall is the best Is he as good of a football player as Derek Stingley Jr.? Heck Definitely no. not. Is, he no. is Aiden Hutchinson as good of a football player as N'Kobe Dean, as Jordan Davis, as no. Travon Walker even? I'll ask yeah. that. Like, is, is he that good of a football player? No. So why he's, he shouldn't be in that conversation. It's simply the, the position you play and a, a few games that turn people's heads. But, th- but like, really, that's it. And uh, that, a that's... Few, a few, two. Right. Two yeah. games that turn people's head. Yep. Penn State and Ohio State. Well, right. We have to remember, it is Jacksonville picking. Well, but that's, um, it's a lot that's of what bad I was kind of going to get don't at. make good decisions. Yeah. Well, they, they, they also got to hire a new head coach. If they yeah. want to stay Jacksonville, they'll, they'll pick yeah. oh, Aiden, yeah. oh, Aiden oh, Hutchinson sure. number one. But 
But they draft really good defensive players. Do they? they? Just lose Do them. they? Because Tavon yeah. Bryan's still on that football team. I mean, I know Jalen. He was Ramsey, a first round pick. He's really good. He, I mean, they've drafted some solid Miles Jack. They well, I mean, you're gonna eventually players. hit some guys when you're consistently drafting inside the top ten. But I don't think they draft well true. though. Yeah. Well, no, for sure. All right. And, so and this is where like it's different. Is like it's it's not an insanely dra- strong draft overall. There's not one or two guys I think you absolutely have to go and get. So this is the perfect opportunity to, take to a just yeah. go. I and, do think and it's a super strong draft, just not in the typical spots. Like I think this is a super okay. strong yeah, offensive yeah. line draft. I, I think this is that. a super strong inside linebacker draft. I think this is a super strong corner draft. There are some dudes that are going to be locked down corners for a like while. It's been the last couple of years. Right. People yeah. are so addicted to quarterbacks and defensive ends yeah. that it's, Correct. it's insane. Well, it's the, it's the math equation, right? It's, yeah. you got to get a quarterback, and then you got to get somebody that can get after the quarterback, and then you got to get somebody that can stop the guy from getting after the quarterback. That's right. the football right. equation now, yeah. right? Yeah. I just I don't think there's anybody elite enough on that defensive end, including Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think either one of those guys should be top two picks. Yeah. But they are because they have Kayvon Thibodeau uh, going number two overall the Detroit Lions. Now, the Detroit Lions have a couple of picks in the first round here, so if, like, I guess this is a spot where you can say, hey, we go after the guy we have graded as our top prospect at this spot, and we took an offensive lineman last year, so maybe this is where we get after it here with the defensive end. I don't know. I Kayvon Thibodeau has been he's the number one overall high school recruit and he's shown flashes where he's super fast, can get in the backfield, be super disruptive. But, I mean, has he been, was he ever Miles Garrett or Jadavian Clowney in college? Then he's injury right. prone, too. Right. That's, that that should scare you. But then again, Detroit is picking. So, I'm yep. I, you know, I'm not going to really go against that. Uh, three, he has Evan Neal going to the Texans. That's a great pick. Oh, yeah. Maybe Steel. maybe oh. if you just, like, Madden rated out the best player in the draft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, like, I saw him blocking Devontae Wyatt in the national championship game. Devontae Wyatt is not a small person. <laughs> right. Devontae Wyatt's like 6'3", 6'4", 300 pounds, and Evan Neal made him look small. Yeah, yeah. my dad texted me and said, who is this mountain on the left side yeah. of Alabama? Right. I was like, if my dad takes that, he's huge. And that's the thing. <laughs> if he does fall to three, what a steal that would be. It's two teams that, yep. that could very much use offensive line help and go and get defensive ends, yeah. and, and then you're just sitting there at three with a gift. I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, and then at uh, four for the New York Jets, and their team that has a few picks as well, uh, they have Kyle Hamilton going to the Jets. I think he's the best secondary player in the draft. Dude is freaky athletic. If you need any sort of tape to watch on Kyle Hamilton, just go watch the first game of the season between Florida State and Notre Dame and watch him. They were playing cover too high, and he was on the opposite hash. I think it was McKenzie Milton that threw the football. It's either him or Jordan Travis. Threw the football and threw it not just to the other hash, but to the other sideline. The ball leaves the quarterback's hands. He's on the other hash, comes all the way across the field and picks the football off. The yeah. dude is freaky, 6'4", 200 pounds, and can fly. I think he's the best secondary player. I would, might argue best defensive player in the draft. I think it'd be a great pick. Yeah, and he's been that way for I – mean, it's kind of flown under the radar for whatever reason, but he's been that way for a few years. I remember – uh, watching what was it, Clemson Notre Dame a few years ago in the college football playoff, and and he, it looked like he was the only defensive player on the field, yeah. like for for Notre Dame. And I think he might have got banged up or something. After that, obviously Clemson runs away with it. But like it it the impact he makes on the defensive back end is is ridiculous. Good so. pick to replace Jamal Adams too. I think that's a Very really true. solid pick. So can't argue that six four runs a four four. So yeah, I mean I, I think it'd be a great pick in the top four. Uh, number five overall New York Giants. I guess they're committed to 
I guess. Daniel Jones. Can they draft yeah, they, anybody? They, they can. They can Joe Judge, uh, and they haven't replaced Dave Gettleman either. But I guess they're going to rock with Daniel Jones. He's shown some flashes, but they pretty much need everything. I like this one right here. They haven't taken Ikum Ikuono for uh, offensive tackle from NC State. The thing I love about him is he's nasty. If you go watch NC State play, he doesn't just block you. He tries to annihilate you, yeah. and he's really good at it. So I think that would be a great pick. Another offensive lineman, uh, so three out of the past four picks, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, uh, Mississippi State. Another guy, instant plug-and-play left tackle uh, there for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, David Ajobu goes number seven to the New York Giants, so they get a couple of picks. Real quick there, this one I think from the Justin Fields trade uh, yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think Ajobu... Again, I guess if you value outside linebacker edge rush that high, I I think in my non Mel Kiper opinion, he could go anywhere from twenty to five, right, in that kind of a range. And then our Atlanta Falcons. Now I heard that there's a player that hasn't been taken off the board yet, and I, I would hope Mel Kiper would land who, him who, right who, here. Who, who Derek are you Stingley. Derek Stingley Jr. Man, please goes to the Atlanta Falcons. That. Now I think there's some questions around Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, let's start with what do the Falcons need? Everything. Everything. Yep. Yeah. The Falcons literally need everything. Uh, I'd hear an argument for a wide receiver here if Jamison Williams didn't get hurt. Oh, agree. Uh, if Jamison Williams doesn't tear his ACL there, but even still, with the way these dudes are recovering from ACLs, he could be back by the preseason next yep. year. Like, I mean, freaky how fast these guys come back. I mean, the fact that George Pickens uh, was able to do what he did. So the Falcons need offensive help. They need running backs. They need wide receivers. Uh, I guess you don't need a tight end. Uh, you need offensive linemen. You need defensive linemen. You need inside <laughs> linebackers. You need outside linebackers. You were last in the NFL in sacks, right? You need safeties, and you need a corner on the other side of A.J. Terrell. Right. Yeah. So I would honestly argue, like, out of position groups, maybe corner is the one you lead, need the least, but yeah. best player still available, and you gotta potentially. you got to pair him up with A.J. Terrell. Like, he, he's, got, he's got a chance to be, like, all pro consistently oh, caliber, sure. and, like, he could have been a top five pick if he was allowed to come out after his freshman year. And then yeah. they had the weird year in 2020 where you go from winning the national championship to just completely falling off a cliff and giving up like 500 yards a game. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2021, I think he played in three games maybe and then sat out the rest of the season. Right. So it's interesting because his stock was super high. Then the defense got toasted and then basically sat out a year. Man, I, I, the pairing up with AJ Terrell—that reminds me of like Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley yeah. Roby yeah. back in the day with Denver. Right. Two pretty good corners. Man, I, that's a good start for the Falcons. I would really love that. I will be really interested to see, like, like you said, we've talked about several times different guys potentially sitting out next season and and going to the NFL draft. Then, how much does his stock fall? In the actual draft itself, yeah. we can project all day, right? But but at the end of the day, weird stuff happens in the draft. Sometimes teams have, have make picks. Obviously, they have no business taken. So potentially, do, does he fall more because of being out for so long, or is he right there? Like I'll be interested in that. I think it'd be a steal. Like say it out loud. It's an LSU member of the secondary. And and he was the best member of that secondary. That that's a win for me. Oh, he no, was the no matter best. What, he so. was the best defensive player on the 2019 national champions. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a true freshman, right? Top five defensive player probably in the country. I can't remember the defensive. I think players he. Might, I time. think he might have been the best defensive player in the country at that you time. You may give yeah. him like Jeff Okuda good. and Chase Young. I think he was better. 
Like, I mean, yeah. just had, had his job yeah. at just being a shutdown corner, I think he was better. Yeah. He was nasty. And yeah. and like you said, being able Okuda to pair up, pair that up with Terrell and needing that defense to to come up with, with clutch stops, yeah. obviously, and things like like that that would be that'd be big. I, and I think you need best available. I know uh Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati would still be on the board oh, at that yeah. point, and he was unbelievable. Uh, one guy I'd like to see him think about is Tyler Lindenbaum, the, the center from Iowa. Dude is freaky, plug-and-play, 10-year Pro Bowl center kind of a guy, and you need one since Alec Mack uh, has moved on and the rest of the yeah. experiments haven't gone great. One thing I don't think you'll see as a quarterback, uh, Chris Mortensen reporting that the Falcons have committed to Matt Ryan for 2022. I think they're going to roll uh, with Felipe Franks and whoever else they want as the backup for Matt Ryan there. And then next year, in a pretty elite quarterback class, I think that's when you're going to see the Falcons start looking at it. So they take Derek Stingley. Uh, wrapping up the top 10 here quick, Nicobe Dean, number nine overall to the Denver Broncos. They're going to need Ooh, that's nice. some defensive help. Yeah. You, I, this is fascinating. So the Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. And then there's a group with like the Detroit Lions and two other teams that haven't made it since 2016. There's a team between those two. And it's the Denver Broncos. Because they won the wow. Super Bowl? Yeah. That was the last time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about the you know the quarterbacks they, they've yeah. had since then, since Peyton retired, right? Like, yeah, 2014. They haven't gotten it right yet. No. They haven't. It's crazy. Yeah. Cody Queen. <laughs> That's... Cody Queen writing in, shut your mouth. <laughs> With Elway. At, it's, it's freaking Elway as your GM. They haven't gotten it right. They had Justin Fields well, in their hands, Well, to be too. fair, to be fair, you have been in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hard to get yeah, past and that. the Chargers now. Her- Herbert is nice. Yep. Derek Carr well, I mean, is before nice. that, it was the Chargers with Phillip Rivers. So it's like but, you've yeah. been in a really good division. Yeah. You would think they would. Man, they need a quarterback. They're a quarterback away from actually and, being competitive. Uh, all indications that, yeah. are they're just going to try to get a vet just because this class isn't worth spending a number nine overall pick oh, on a quarterback. No. Yeah, if if you want to stay if you want to stay there for three more years not yeah. making the playoffs and just staying where you are, uh-huh. draft a quarterback. But uh, no, I I think defensively and Nakobe Dean would, would be a really good fit out there. Yeah. As well in Denver. You think about the, the Denver uh, linebackers of the past and just kind of the, the defenses they've had. I mm-hmm. think he'd fit really well just in the atmosphere there. So uh, that'd be huge. This one I find interesting. The 10th uh, pick, Drake London, wide receiver USC to the New York Jets. That'd be their second pick. Uh, I mean, I think the worst defense in the league. Yeah. And. I guess I guess Drake London. I mean, after Jamison Williams goes down, is the best wide receiver. There's a ton of other good wide receivers out there too, though. I think the Jets could probably wait, but that's interesting. Uh, for the rest, he does the full 32. Uh, you can head to ESPN Plus to see Mel Kiper's initial mock draft for 2022. We're going to come back, take a quick break. Uh, eventually, here on the show, we're going to get to our power rankings of the teams in the state of Georgia. All that coming up right here on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshery here. All right, we've talked about this before, how Michigan State was really the first team to do it, which was completely transform their team in a positive way. They weren't the only team that were adding transfers last year, but flipped their team and showed results via the transfer portal and went and won a Peach Bowl this year, went and won a New Year's Six Bowl uh, with Mel Tucker, and now he's what one of the highest-paid coaches, if not the highest-paid coach uh, in college football. So it can work, and I think we're quietly starting to see something similar happen at LSU. So Brian Kelly, after he took over, 
he had multiple cringeworthy moments, right? He <laughs> uh, he hit me with a family and uh, was kind of grinding, I guess is the best way to put it, on a on a quarterback recruit slash commit on uh, one of the social media videos. You, you laugh. Uh, is there any other to way there. to describe that? He's happy to be there, man. Is there any other way to describe what happened? Um, no. There's no way to describe what happened. He's just happy to be there. Brian Kelly's in the SEC. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the big leagues now. That's what I call the SEC, the big So leads. the welcome to the big leads is, is saying family and grind up here. Anyway, uh, it was a <laughs> rocky. Just, just use a different word than grinding. But what yeah, word would you exactly. use? The, the, he had, he was, okay, let he me was say, dancing around. He was, but his butt made contact with that player's Chris, butt. We don't need to know that. You, everyone <laughs> knows it. It's in the video. Oh, my gosh. Hunching. I'm going to say hunching. Hunching? Yeah. <laughs> hunching. He was hunching with his new recruit he was dad dancing with his new recruit i guess is the best way to put it but since then he's gone to work and started to put his staff together uh, including cortez hankton uh georgia's wide receiver coach and offensive passing game coordinator has now gone to lsu his home state uh for the same position same title wide receiver coach passing game coordinator so filling the staff out and now he's starting to add more and more to that, I guess, depth is the best way to put it because LSU is hurting. And you had a lot of guys that transferred out uh, from that team that won the national championship and a lot of players on there are like, okay, well, this is just going to keep going and going. I know uh, Ed Orgeron, after they beat Alabama that year, said this isn't the this isn't the first and only time this is going to happen. He said, we're going to come back, we're going to keep recruiting, we're going to kick their butts, to use another word, uh, on and off the field. So it's been an interesting couple of weeks watching them really start to build their team back up. And they've added some super significant players. I know, PJ, you know, Noah Kane, uh, former five-star running back from Penn State. He's transferred in to LSU. Uh, just recently, they got uh, Makai Wingo, a defensive lineman. He was an all-freshman uh, SEC player uh, out of Missouri. They added a big-time offensive lineman, Tremont Shorts, uh, out of ETSU, who had a wonderful season uh, in the SOCON this year. Uh, he got his punter to follow him, Jay Bramblett from Notre Dame, added West Weeks, a linebacker from Virginia. So, I mean... I, I think this is going to be a really fun kind of experiment because we saw it happen at Michigan State last year. Can LSU, in one year under Brian Kelly, who is Notre Dame's all-time winningest coach, flip this around and take it from what was a catastrophic season to at least competing for the top of the SEC West? No. Not All right, thanks, Cam. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, not this year. Only because I, I, it's he's in the SEC. He has to compete with Alabama, Texas A and M. I think they still have. Do they still have the number one recruiting class? I, I don't know, but Texas A and M, yes, yes, he has to still compete with Texas A and M, Ole Miss, Alabama, um, still Georgia to a degree, Florida every year. I think it's just going to be pretty tough to kind of do what Michigan State did. Will he have successes? Seven, eight wins, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a really good start. But, I mean, just get your guys in, get some transfers in until you can build your own kind of recruiting class and your recruits. So, I still believe in Brian Kelly. I know he's a great coach. Um, Yeah, no. I, I mean, said compete. I didn't say win. Right, right. And, like, and that's, when we're in that's where you draw When line, we're in right? October and November, are we still talking about LSU? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you're going to mm, – I think you're still talking about LSU no matter let's what. Play it, but, let's play it this way. Let's play it this way. I'm going to read you the eight games they have against Alabama. 
or before they play Alabama. <laughs> like, eight, they play, they play Alabama eight times. A&O? No, no. It's a rough schedule <laughs> I mean, for even Alabama. Like. No, I'm going to read you the eight games they have before they play Alabama. <laughs> and let's see if they're still relevant because Alabama, more likely than not, is just going to absolutely decimate them, even though they did it this past year. Right. But more likely than not. Uh, they start out, I think this is awesome, against Florida State in Atlanta on September 4th. It's a Sunday. That's a weird matchup. That's an awesome matchup. No, no, it's that cool. Is a, we call that a helmet game. That yeah. is an awesome oh, yeah. matchup. Yeah, Great awesome. color scheme matchup, too. I think that's going to look really good on the field. Unless Florida State does something lame, like wear their like, gradient black <laughs> uniforms. Those are terrible. They're not terrible. No, they're but, bad. But I agree. For that uniform matchup, it no. should be the classic. There are some, the there's some oh, schools yeah. that should never wear black. Florida State's one of them. Florida State, I can, I, I would Florida hear State arguments. Black. I would hear arguments for Florida State. Penn State's one of them. Penn State should never wear black. I would hear arguments for Florida State having the best uniform just set in college football. Mm. I know we're going like on a thing we could talk about for four hours here. Right. But no, that's fine. The the golden garnet helmets are about as iconic as it gets. Sure. When they just wear the straight up garnet uniforms with the gold pants, that's about as clean as it gets. It is clean, but I just like things can still be clean and iconic and sometimes for like one game a year you wear something different. Like Yeah, it's, but it's okay. For that one game a year, it probably next but week when they play shouldn't be. when they play Southern. No, see, I not hate, Georgia I Southern, hate that. just Southern. No, 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 I hate that too, but because you're kind of going the opposite direction. But no, when I see Georgia play Tennessee, I want to see, I want to see white or red helmet, white jersey, silver britches against white helmet, orange top, white pants. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm. Fine I don't with need that, that weird double like, black uniform for Tennessee. When Tennessee where plays against like South Carolina, like that'd be sick. Yeah, and they're both three and Tennessee. six, like, and it's fine. All right, yeah, it's fine. But no, no, no. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you there with with the Florida State thing. But no, I'm not sure. I don't even know where I am anymore. Yes, you do. But this is my, yeah, yeah, this is my talent cam. I just talk to you, circle until you don't know where you are. Oh, actually, you know, Penn State has worn black before. They uh, shouldn't they used to wear though. black and pink. So but they shouldn't. Anyway, yeah, they shouldn't. keep going with Ever. the schedule not because, black. like, I do want, I do want to answer. This All right, about so LSU. They have Florida State, then they have Southern, the Jaguars at home. Mississippi State at home, New Mexico at home, and they're at Auburn, who we still don't know how well they're going to do. We should probably go through their transfer portal because they've added some dudes. Uh, then they have Tennessee at home, they're at Florida, and then they have Ole Miss at home. Ooh. And that's eight games. They could be five and three. They could. See, this is the problem with that, is is they could be seven and one, or they could uh, be correct. four and four. Like. Yeah. Because I, I see Tennessee getting better. I, I would Who have knows them. What Ole Miss is I would be have like. them favored in every game except. I, I might have them favored in every game except maybe Florida. I can't give them Ole Miss. Well, Florida, yeah, Florida's kind of a toss up for me right now too. Um, I think that that's crazy, but I think we very well could. Like, I think there is a good chance. I think there is a good chance that LSU could be seven and one or six and two heading into and that make Alabama no mistake game. if they are seven and one at that point in the season they are a top 10 maybe top five team. absolutely no, 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 just because it's Brian Kelly and just because it's LSU they would be in the top 10 maybe top they're five. seven yeah. and one they're like five through seven in that range yeah well, I, I mean, agree and, and say what you will about Brian Kelly being weird because he is Duke can coach his tail off oh yeah he's oh, yeah. he's pretty dang good coach yeah for sure like, uh, is there a, is there any, he's great but... is there a better like resume thing except for like what Nick Saban has with the national championships and saying you are Notre Dame's all-time leading or all-time winning as coach. No, there's like not Newt Rockney coach there. Not uh, a better resume. He's just missing one thing. No, there man. is a better resume. Well, I mean, you yeah, know, there's, there's, a, Nick Saban. there's I mean, a few better resumes. There's a few. I'm just talking about like, I'm just talking about like singular line outside of national championships. Yeah, no, no, no. I, get I what think you're I'll saying. say this. I think that was a lot bit bigger in like the 1990s. 
I think it's probably fair. I think now it's it's probably <laughs> has not it been, has as it been huge. big since Lou Holtz has been there. Right. Like, right. I, I just think now it's like not as huge because I don't I don't know. They don't play the same schedule, things like that. Okay. So, uh, but no, for for LSU themselves and with his coaching ability and with these guys coming in, and really now it's all about even with how weird he is, it's all about getting all these guys under one roof and having them gel, building that chemistry. Because like we see it in basketball all the time, right? Duke, Kentucky, those type of teams, they get all these freshmen in there. They could be winning the national championship or out in the round of 32 because their guys can't come yeah. together well. well or you can have this, it like Michigan State this year where exactly, you go get the pieces you, you, you need and, and you yeah. beat everybody except Ohio State, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the main thing. They have, with, they have with two losses now, at but, the end of the year? Lost to freaking um, Purdue. That's right. <laughs> that's, Who went 9 4? Who uh, went 9 4, though? Purdue had a solid season. Didn't Purdue beat another really good team? They beat somebody really good. Or did Iowa. They, or, Iowa's number two. And they beat yeah, they Purdue. got them. And then they we were beat, like, uh, yeah. and then they were playing Ohio State. We're like, oh, can they make it three for? Oh, uh, and they just they did not. This is not an exaggeration. I think it. that game was forty nine to nothing in the <laughs> second quarter. No, no, no. It was. It was. <laughs> Purdue ridiculous. does have a nice little QB, but I don't. I don't get the yeah, boilermakers. That was the time of this past year when we were all like Ohio State's best team in the country because they like absolutely annihilated Purdue and Michigan State. In like quick succession, we're all and like, then we were like, "Oh wait, Michigan State has the worst defense in college football." I'll never forget. Like, yeah, I finally believe in this offense. Offense, they lose the next week to Michigan. Like, what? Yeah, oh, how quickly on, it turns around. But again, transfer portal completely changing things. You have Miami down yeah. there with a shell co- company that's going. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It just is what it is. Miami has a shell company down there right now that's been around for like three months and it's already paying uh, Hurricane players like basically salaries. So it's a uh, it's a brave new world out there. I think the reality is though. It still comes down to recruiting for the most part. Yeah, You saw for Michigan State, for as much as they flipped and turned that thing around, when they ran up against teams that had the five stars already on the roster, they just couldn't run with them. Yeah, And the two teams that were playing in the national championship have been the two recruiting champions for the past four or five years. So it's still going to come down to recruiting, but I do think this is going to add some parity to the situation. But for the most part, you'll probably still see there's one or two clear-cut best teams in the country. And they'll rise to the top. But I do think this is fascinating because if this is any other year, we're talking about two, three-year rebuild for LSU. Now we're talking about can they compete for that second-place spot with Texas A&M in the SEC West next year. I think it's going to be fun to find out. Uh, When we come back, we're going to dive into our power rankings for teams in the state of Georgia. Give you the criteria. I think it's pretty clear guess who should be in the top two, but who's number one? We'll dive into it next right here on Second Down. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gilkell alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko. All right, a little experiment here. Uh, I've listed out, I think I have 12 teams here from the state of Georgia. Now, where I'm cutting this off is in football at the FBS level and in basketball at the Division One level. Well, so what we're going to do is just power rank the teams in the state of Georgia, and I need a top five. So we have our council here. We're the selection committee. We're gonna. We're not gonna do what the college football selection committee does. We're not gonna get like coffee and breaks and have to sit down and watch all the games. We've already done that. All right. So I'm just gonna give you the resumes for the 12 quickly here. Uh, going. We'll start with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern football three and nine this past season, but they have hired Clay Helton as a new head football coach. I've got some good transfers in as well and a bunch of guys uh, to come back. So looking like they're on the up. They finished 3-9 and last in the uh, Sunbelt East. Uh, Atlanta United, fifth in MLS last season. They lost in round one, 2 to nothing 
uh, to New York. You have the Atlanta Dream. They are coming off an 8-24 and season uh, in 2021. Looking for a bounce back here, but still a rough year for the Atlanta Dream. All right, let's go to Georgia Tech. Football, 3-9 and last year, 6th in the ACC Coastal. Uh, Jeff Collins still the head coach. Georgia Tech, men's basketball, they are currently 7-9, and 1-5 and in the ACC, and last in the ACC. Then Georgia Tech women's basketball, 13-4, and four, uh, ranked inside the top 10, and they are projected to be a three-seed uh, in the women's tournament. For Georgia, football, obviously 14-1 national champs. Uh, men's basketball, 5-12, and 0-4 in the SEC, dead last place in the SEC right now. Georgia's women's basketball, 14-3. Uh, they beat number two NC State, and they're projected to be a four-seed right now. Uh, the Hawks, 18-25, four games out of the playoffs right now. Uh, after making it all the way to the conference finals last year, the Atlanta Falcons, 7-10, and 10, and they have the eighth overall pick coming up this draft. And then, of course, the Atlanta Braves won their first World Series since 1995, but they are waiting to hear from Freddie Freeman about that, and you're also kind of waiting on a work stoppages potentially for Major League Baseball. Are we going 5-1? to one? Can we agree on that, 5-1? to one? Yes. Okay, cool. That's all. All right, Cam, very excited. So yeah. you have the resumes there. And the oh. way I'm thinking about this is the team, if you're just talking about best at what they do in their sport, potential to win some kind of championship, whether that's conference championship, uh, whether that's a national or a league championship, potential to win a championship, best at what they do, players coming back, coaching, all of that. Well, who who would be five for you guys? Mm. That's tough. That's tough because there's a lot of those that are kind of right in the same mix with each other. Um, and, and the two that I'm debating, I don't know about you guys, but I have I have actually maybe some, I don't know if surprises, but anyway, uh, the two I'm debating and going back and forth on is Georgia Southern football because of the- Inside the top five? Because of the- did, did you hear a lot of the other ones you listed? Yeah, I could pick uh, six or seven that are bad. I have. I'm debating to two hard, really hard. Okay, can ones. I can I there's can, not a lot can of I like give you my potential top five? Lock, I think there's four lock solid picks in the top four. I think five yeah. is pretty open. Can I can I give you my top five and then have you guys sure deconstruct it or vote against it? No, we all choose five. We all choose. We all choose. Okay, I well, guess my, we are a panel. You so did say that. My, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give you my top five and then you guys give me y'all's top five and we'll figure it out from there. Okay. All right, okay. my number five is Atlanta United. Okay, that's not you, okay. You made you made the playoffs last year. You <laughs> you were fifth in Major League Soccer. Then, back to back, I have the two women's basketball teams. Yep. Uh, I'll go Georgia women's basketball, and I'll go Georgia Tech women's basketball because uh, Georgia Tech beat them. That's the only reason uh, I have them right there. You know, head to head really matters the situation. I'll wait to see when the Falcons play uh, Georgia Southern how that one turns out. It might actually go a different way than we're thinking. Uh, then. I'll go Braves and then Georgia football number one. Mm-hmm. I think solid. I think Georgia has a much better chance at repeating for a championship than the Braves do. That's that's solid. I'm I did I'll admit I did what every Georgia sports fan does. You forgot Atlanta United. I forgot existed. about Atlanta United. Right, that happens. I did. It is what it is. Because I was actually debating Georgia Southern or the Hawks. Because if you look at everyone but Georgia Southern uh, uh the uh Atlanta United on that list, there's a yeah. whole lot of just barely under 500. Like yeah. <laughs> the Hawks, mm-hmm. the you know the Falcons. I mean, they're all kind of there. So I'm with you there. I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Hawks there. I mean, no, 
So yeah, I did it again. Yeah, wow. I'll you just like your mind will not let you. And what's funny is we had the exact same top top four. Cool. Uh, because I think Georgia, one loss on the year, dominant most of the year, wins the championship. The Braves, little different with how they got there and what they were able to do, and now what they're coming into yeah. as well. Um, like I think still think with Georgia, there's there's room to improve. With the Braves, there's still a lot of room to improve, even sure. though you just won a World Series. And yeah, I'll take Tech at Tech at four at three basketball and Georgia uh, women's basketball at number four. Mine's a little different. I mean, I think you guys could appreciate. I'll put Georgia at five um, women's basketball. Okay. Um, they beat UConn even though Paige didn't play. Still beating UConn's being UConn. Obviously, yeah. Georgia Tech women's at four. They beat Georgia head-to-head. I will put the Hawks at three only because they made it to the conference finals. Nobody expected that. Um, that was last year. We're talking about right now. Yeah, but still, they made it there. Like they're and probably I think, not going to make the playoffs this I year. Think they're, I still think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be an eighth seed, like, and they'll be the most dangerous eighth seed. Okay. But I think they need to get healthy, right. um, a lot of COVID issues and things of that nature. And then I agree with the top two, the Braves. Obviously, they won the championship. I would love to put them at one, but I put Georgia at one because – they won it all, and like you said, they have a better chance of just repeating in the future. So that's my top five. All right, well, the Hawks don't make it because me and PJ didn't have them inside of our top five. Sorry, Trigger Trey. So I'm sorry. After like breaking it down a little bit more yeah. in my head, I'd probably put the Hawks at six and then. That's fine. That's not that. top five. No, I was Maybe debating Falcon between seven, Hawks and Atlanta yeah. United for a second. Yeah. But I was like. We got, we got time if we do it quick. Bottom five. Uh, I, think, oh. I think bottom of the barrel. You can probably go Georgia men's basketball, followed yeah, like closely bad. second by Georgia Tech yeah. men's basketball. Uh, Georgia yeah. Tech football isn't isn't close behind that. Georgia Tech football, yes, yeah, right there. Then, <laughs> then like Atlanta, then like Atlanta Dream, and then Georgia Southern football. Yeah, I, I think so because your description for Georgia so Tech is not in there. Falcons with seven no, to ten. Yeah, I think they're right ah, in the middle. They're right. You know in the what? Middle. You, you're right. You're right. They had eight wins in the past two seasons before yeah. this year. Yeah. That's combined. The thing. You're yeah, fighting okay. like expectate like your own expectations right now. Like you want them to be better. So since they're oh, I seven have no 10, What happened to the Atlanta Dream though? Because they were good. Players getting old. Yeah. McCautry getting old. People leaving. Uh, they'll be all right though. They got some picks and they got the girl from um Arizona, that from a couple of years. Ago. Yeah. So they'll be okay. I just love that it made it all laugh because, like, we're all surprised about it and probably hope it, it wasn't true. But, like, your only description for Georgia Tech was, yeah, they're they're 3-9 and nine and somehow Jeff Collins is still the coach. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all like, yeah, how is uh, that? Yeah, that's just, uh, you can either have that as a pro or a con. Completely uh, up to you in that situation. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do think it's interesting because, quickly, I know we got to go to break. But just looking back at 2016, Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl. Braves were kind of... That was yeah, one of the rough put, years, yeah, right? yeah. Braves were kind of puttering around. Georgia was losing to Tennessee on last second Hail Marys. Talk to me about it. Right? Georgia Tech was <laughs> kind of okay, but like I think was that the last year of Paul Johnson or like a year or two uh before Paul Johnson gets fired. So I mean, Atlanta Braves, they kind of they kind of walks or the Atlanta Falcons, they kind of walks so everybody else can run. And now now we got <laughs> now we got to carry them True. into the future. It yeah. hurts. It hurts. Hopefully, they were they were the one bright spot in Atlanta sports for a hot minute. For a hot minute, and then yeah. Atlanta United won their championship in what twenty seventeen? Maybe yeah. for a while. Yeah. I mean, twenty twelve NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. no, they they yeah. they carried Atlanta sports yeah, through a, a very dark period. They were the bridge. Hey, they know? they carried us through the Grayson Lambert years. <laughs> why, why Falcons? Why? Why? <laughs> we gotta take a break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down.
Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Glad y'all hung out with us here on this Wednesday afternoon. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Just making sure. I you know, it was Thursday. This is like the first no, week. For real. Yeah, see? You're welcome, Cam. <laughs> We're keeping Cam updated. I got a big Wednesday edition of 3 and Out coming up next. Brooks Austin from Dogs Daily on SI.com uh, will join us to break down where the Georgia players could go in the draft and who Georgia potentially has coming back. Also going to be joined by Chris Gordy from the Locked On SEC podcast, uh, just talking about NIL inside of college football. A little bit later in the show, they're going to be joined by John Shipley of the Jaguar Report. Where are the Jags going to go for their next head coach? So a whole lot coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find all of our stuff. And, of course, you're home for Atlanta Hawks basketball potential playoff run.